Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Next Move podcast. And today I'm lucky enough to be with Aditya Iyer. Aditya Iyer is the author of a book called The Great Indian Obsession: The Untold Story of India's Engineers. It's a very very cool story that resonates with several because it goes into the history of how India has become the engineering factory of the world and the significance that is plays on our society whether it be the happiness of our people or productivity impacts and it's a very a very interesting story behind that and we'll get into all of that and aditya also had a tedx talk that went viral because and the reason i feel it went viral and looking at the comments is because it resonates with so many people it really tells them the story behind why they are where they are whether it be good or bad it goes into that and uh so i want to bring in aditya now how are you doing hi arman thank you so much for the kind introduction uh i'm doing good pretty much locked in making the most of my uh, quarantine time mm-hmm. uh thank you so much for inviting me over to your podcast i'm looking forward to a interesting conversation yeah it's great to have you and i'd like to start off with uh the journey behind the book you know what series of events led you to starting this journey of researching this burning question why does india and why has india become the engineering factory of the world hmm. well uh, so i was raised in saudi arabia i spent my initial years of growing in saudi arabia because my father comes from kerala and that's what we do that that's basically our first home uh, you know it's a kerala joke i don't know uh, it's an inside joke we, for us the gulf is is our first home right? that's what we call your say in kerala Okay. So uh, my father was in Saudi Arabia. I spent my initial years of growing there, and then my parents packed me back to Bombay in lieu of better education. Right? Because let's face it, any education is better than uh, education in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and also more so for the emphasis on science and maths. Uh, because I come from a Tambaram family, and very naturally, you know, there is a inclination towards sciences and ma- mathematics. So I moved back to Bombay for essentially to pursue my education, my hometown Bombay. and um, uh in school i made two classic indian mistakes okay the first two big mistakes of my life the first mistake was that i was good at studies okay the second mistake mm-hmm. was i was good at maths in india when you commit these two mistakes you end up making a third mistake which is uh, you get into engineering school which is exactly what i did and uh, once i got into engineering school i realized i was at the wrong place it's like how you how you get up one day morning you go to sleep in in like bombay and you get up one day morning in azerbaijan you know that that mm-hmm. that basically how it felt to me like i just felt i you know i was at completely uh, different place where i probably didn't belong at that point so um began to read books did a lot of other things and uh, gradually founded a startup by the name anonymous so i used to sell t-shirts with a lot of quirky engineering quotes uh, you know for other frustrated engineers like me uh it became a runaway hit the startup became a smash runaway hit uh, we were listed as one of india's top student entrepreneurs uh, right i was in in the front on the front page of many dailies uh, for the right and wrong reason there was i remember uh, there was uh, this asian daily that put me on the front page without asking me uh, and they made the entire t-shirt uh, as a protest they kind of positioned the entire t-shirt company as a protest against the education system against the university which really it wasn't at wow. that point but fortunately they uh, they hid my name they didn't really reveal my name so they just they just posted some of our t-shirt designs and they said these kids are protesting against us 
so uh, anyway that happened and then uh, i was never really i somehow scraped through academics thanks to my professors in college they they just figured out that uh, uh, you know academics is not his cup of tea and they saw me doing really well with the startup so they encouraged me to do my startup and i somehow got through college in time okay there is a misconception that i dropped out which i didn't i completed my degree somehow and uh, i then uh, i then went on to sell chai in bangalore so my first job straight out of college was essentially selling chai and uh, 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 so there's a very interesting anecdote uh, i want to share i was once in iim calcutta for a, a talk and another speaker was uh, the opening speaker in fact was shashi tarur so i went uh, after his talk was done i went backstage a great fan of his eloquence so i i took got a copy of my book i handed over to him and then he reads the uh, you know the back side of the book the bio says that i sold chai mm-hmm. in bangalore you know where this is going right mm-hmm. so immediately he looked at me and he said uh, young boy looks like uh, you have a bright political future uh, that's what he told me so mm-hmm. uh, so yeah so i was in bangalore selling chai and then i figured out that uh, most customers who would come to my store they were all uh, inevitably engineers and engineers frustrated with their lives so much so that one in 20 it employee in bangalore contemplates suicide at some point of his life that's crazy so that's said, a crazy statistic this is crazy yeah so i said man this is a story that's such a massive story right and how come no one before me really tried uh, you know uh, understanding the story so i basically then i quit my job selling chai and then i set on a backpack trip across the country to compile the book so that's how basically the book uh, Uh, happened okay and you know when you're making that decision was that tough you you know you're leaving a good job and then you're saying you know what i'm just going to start this go fund me campaign which i want to get into as well uh and you just said you know what i'm going to do this what were did you have any apprehensions before doing it or you just said you know this is what i have to do it was a kickstarter actually not go fund me it was a kickstarter campaign uh but not at all yeah not at all i just somehow i could just see that this this is such a massive story right and it had to be told and someone had to tell it I, and i was pretty uh, surprised in fact no one before me had tried uh, doing this so for me it was a no brainer actually especially given how you know at what stage of my life i was back then i thought it was a worthwhile investment of and i had done quite a few things until then i was already by by the time i was 21 22 i was uh, listed as one of india's top student entrepreneurs i was working with a a uh, highly funded startup with a bunch of corporate veterans iit iim harvard grads so i thought even if the book doesn't get through even if the book fails worst case i i was pretty sure they'll they'll be at least one person in the entire damn planet would want to give me a job so it was never uh, uh, for me personally not but for my parents of course and for a lot of other people around me it was clearly uh, 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 not the sanest of decisions but as far as i was concerned i mean i'd wait my uh, you know i'd done my risk analysis and i was pretty sure this was this was one of the least riskiest things one could do or i could definitely do at that point yeah wow so that's very cool now i want to talk about um so you're starting from scratch you know nothing about what you know nobody's told this story before so how do you go about actually coming up with a plan to for your travels right how do you know what questions to ask how do you know where to look yeah so arman i uh, ever since i was born i have a huge appetite for gossip uh, i must tell you this so ever uh, i have always loved talking you know whenever i get a chance to whoever so even if i am in a bus 
and i'm with a co passenger and I, i and i think he's interesting i just essentially get into a conversation with him right if i'm with a rickshaw wala in an unknown city and if i want to find out the hottest gossip in that city you know i'd suggest pan walas and rickshaw walas they're the go to people so i am basically just talking to people uh, without any uh, goal without any uh, reason uh, in hindsight at least and uh, at some point they just add up they just somehow uh, you know these uh, seemingly innocuous gossip sessions they somehow come in handy and this book basically at, at least the initial uh, starting point for the book uh, in terms of research came up with a, from a lot of conversations i've had with a lot of my customers in bangalore when i was selling chai a lot of my colleagues a lot of my friends uh, and because i had anyway a uh, you know a, a startup that was doing very well i regularly get emails right so i knew i had some hunch of what goes around uh, you know not just in bombay where i studied but also pretty much rest of the country so um i knew some of the places like for i mean i knew for a fact that kota is like the there are two power centers in this entire engineering uh, uh crazy uh, craze that there right so the northern power, uh, power center is in kota rajasthan and the southern is in hyderabad so i knew these two places for sure i need to go so i started off with kota then i get started talking to people there sort speaking to kids and then you know i found out about other places and so on and so forth so i just kept going from one place to another so yeah i just talked to a lot of people you never know when uh, what comes uh, handy that, you know that's very cool it's you know it's a very unique path that not many people have taken so you know it, it's cool that we explored now you know the reason and the journey behind getting there now let's talk a little bit about the actual findings from the book um i want to start off with uh you talk in your tedx talk about the british role in engineering and the the importance of the english language in this whole story so could you uh, break it down for us a little bit well the british essentially were here for two centuries so clearly they've had an impact on many things uh, education of course being one of them well um so there is this very interesting person who goes by the name uh, thomas babington macaulay right um i'm surprised why they didn't teach us about him in school but this guy was a, a born genius he he was a linguistic genius he could he could master any language within a fortnight so the british essentially uh, the empire the queen essentially they she wanted him to come to india and you know uh, figure out a few things for them uh, because india was one of their hottest new uh, territories so this guy was reluctant to come and uh, it, uh you know he said i'm not going to go there and then he asked his sister they kept pushing him then he said okay if my sister comes with me because this guy had no friends right he had absolutely no he was one of those crazy eccentric uh, uh mavericks kind of person so he had uh, uh, no friends so he asked his sister if you want to come with me to india and his sister said that i look at india as a country of disease and death so there's no way i'm coming there and then they eventually like it always works in india they bribed him they uh, offered him i think 10000 pounds which is which uh, roughly uh, accounts for half a million pound in today, today's time so then of course uh, this guy uh, forcibly gets his sister and he comes to india spends four years here does not bother learning a single indian uh, native language uh, goes back you know and makes a very momentous uh, case in the british parliament on i think 2nd of february 1835 because the date right and uh, so he made a case for english right so that is the time when he said we need to teach these indians i'm just quoting one line from the entire speech you can look it up on the internet it's a very uh, significant speech uh, for engineers in general and a lot of indians in general uh, 
so macaulay said and i quote we need to teach indians english because if we do not teach them english they will waste their youth touching a cow's ass that's what he said and that's how english education mm-hmm. came to india and of course uh, once english came to india the english education uh, stepped into a system uh, a lot of changes happened uh, for the sake of this conversation and uh, uh, for the sake of the you know this book was relevant is uh, one major reason that we it revolution could happen in india not in our neighbors china although there was sufficient infrastructure there as well probably much evolved infrastructure there as well is because of our familiarity with english right because we were well versed with english we could uh, learn to program uh, you know and code much uh, uh, better than them second was uh, 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 migration to the us right a lot of indians actually chose migrating to the us we'll probably come back on that there's a i think uh, are we are we touching on sputnik uh, yes yes we are okay so we'll come to that so there's another interesting reason why uh, a uh, beautiful story behind why uh, major role that english played in the life of people like sundar pichai and satya nadella so we'll come to that as we proceed yeah you know that that's extremely true and it, it's crazy to know that you know one person's just desire and not even doing a proper research into the country just says you know look english has to be the form and it led to this it revolution and being picked in india which you know is a great thing you know the it revolution was great for our economy but like we're going to go into there's definitely impacts that is having on our society you know in supplying this and you know creating factory workers in a sense but like you just said i i want to talk about now we figured out why now let's talk about the us's role like you were saying in migration uh, why did the us suddenly start to want to import in a sense a lot of india's engineers into the country yeah i mean i think it's it's pretty much out there we know how the indians are the most successful immigrant community in in the us they are the wealthiest by far they are the most educated so 77% of indian immigrants uh, uh, i mean uh, uh, have a bachelor degree right so 77% of indian immigrants have a bachelor degree compared to 29% of for rest of the world right and 31 for native americans so uh, by far the most educated and by far the wealthiest community we know the sundar pichais and you know silicon valley pretty much indian engineers and schools so uh, i think uh, pretty fascinating when i figured out about this i was blown away it's essentially they can sundar pichai can uh, pretty much owe his life to a very single a very specific moment in history uh, which happened on sec- uh, 4th of october 1957 right so 4th of october 1957 something very significant happened in the world uh, which is uh, the sputnik got launched which is the first human satellite right the soviets launched the first human satellite in space and this triggered a massive cold war between uh, you know the americans and and the soviets because you know they've always had a relation like how two indian uh, kids have right uh, but they've always wanted to do better than each other in school so the <laughs> americans and russians have always been like that so um, Americans didn't really have enough uh, brain power within the country so what they did something really smart they opened up their entire immigration they invited start began to invite the best of doctors scientists and engineers from across the globe to take on the soviets right and uh, indians uh, you know had two choices they were pretty frustrated with uh, the, we were a socialist country back then so the government practically controlled everything right so it didn't give these really smart 
uh, enterprising young men to do or women to do much with their life so um uh, they had a choice they could either go to us or they could go to russia which was our best friend which even today is i mean more we consider them a, our bffs and those days we didn't even have the best of relations with america but something interesting happened that most indians actually chose to go to uh, america than uh, you know over the uh, russians uh, primarily because of macaulay and our familiarity with english because we were well versed with english it became much more comfortable for them to you know assimilate in the, in the american society and uh, communicate with them right and become seamlessly integrate into into their culture so uh, yeah so i mean of course once that happens the first batch of indian engineers did extremely well not just for themselves but for america and then they paved the way for uh, everyone else to come so uh, yeah so much so i think there is this american news broadcaster once compared uh, indian engineers and particularly those from uh, iit to oil so they basically said we import oil from saudi arabia and we we import really smart people from india that's what they said mm-hmm. right so uh, yeah it's it's funny how a seemingly uh, insignificant inconsequential event that happened in the world uh, that triggered a cold war between two random countries had such a massive impact on uh, us yeah and I, i i again before you did this really people didn't know about this i had no clue until i watched your tedx talk and it's it's a really insane story but it, you know it all lines up very very clearly and again I want to say there's there's prosperous and great things about this IT revolution for India but you know it's also fueling the you know standardization of people and continuing that model of factory workers and uh you know moving into today's world that may not be the way to go but I want to talk about okay we know the supply is there from the U- I mean, the, dem- the demand is there from the US they want engineers how have India help fuel that system and meet that demand with the supply from us now i specifically want to go into the education system you know the the education system that has produced your satya nadellas of the world but have also created you know a society where everybody has to go down one route and is told to be a, obedient and is told to almost regurgitate information as to move forward so can you talk a little bit about india's education system and where it is today yeah i think even uh, i think the satya nadellas and i think sundar pichai they've been pretty vocal about it if i'm not wrong definitely there has been a nobel laureate uh, he's been pretty vocal about it i think uh, most of them attribute their respective either the nobel prizes or even their success in in the valley to a large extent to what they studied there right of course the, mm. uh, i mean i'm not it, the education system in india directly or indirectly benefited them there are many aspects to it actually of course there is uh, uh, you know the building blocks in place when they they moved out of india but in terms of actually nurturing you know that genius it it basically happened there um, you can probably look up their own interviews and that's what they attributed to um so the question basically was about how do we how has the education system and in its current form today why is it producing you know this line of engineering students you know what, what how is the current system helping create that well see uh, so this uh, warrants us to go back in time you know probably 400 years ago 
to the origins of our schooling system right so if you look at how our schooling system essentially came into place uh see it didn't just drop up uh, right it didn't drop down from somewhere it was designed someone sat down there were four or five people or a bunch of people who sat down with a very specific purpose and intention and that's how all these details came into uh, order so what basically happened was the empire essentially ruled the planet right 400 years ago and uh, so they wanted uh, three kinds of people right so they wanted three kinds of people basically they needed clerks uh, to you know to manage to do admin job for their uh, different territories then they needed uh, military uh, personnel you know to protect these territories and uh, they needed factory workers because the industrial revolution had just begun and you know so these are the three kind of people that they broadly needed now if you look at the skill set that these uh, three jobs uh, demand one is you do not need creativity in fact creativity is uh, is not desirable for these jobs right what if a factory worker begins to do his own thing right uh, you need to follow instruction that's what you need to do right a military guy cannot again do you need to listen to your uh, higher up right uh, clerks of course we know clerical job right there is not much scope for innovation in that kind of job again so these were the skill sets that are broadly needed for these so they how do they come up with people who will have these three skills so they came up with this elaborative and they did a good job at it trust me so they needed a bunch of donkeys right and they the that system did a fantastic job even continues to do a fantastic job today producing donkeys right so you got to give it to them i think they had a very clear problem statement and uh, they came up with an effective solution that lasted for 400 years the thing is the empire is long gone it's just that we've never bothered uh, you know uh, taking a step back and kind of uh, uh, reviewing the system and redesigning the system so even today we continue to produce donkeys who just so even if you look at uh, 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 the design of a school right the teacher standing in a podium higher up and giving instructions the bell you know when if you look at in a factory uh, the bell uh, signifies change of shift you are also the, when the period changes or lecture changes or when you are allowed to go and have lunch like like it is in factories they they play a bell uh, if you look at uh, uh, you know some uh, terminologies as well for example uh, uh, batch if you if when you call yourself a batch of 2000 i come from the batch of 2009 a batch of where does that come from it comes from a factory right so that's how they they club together products in a factory and sell it with you know the point of a test again when when you test a product in a factory uh, you mark it with an okay sticker right if you remember you will find a lot of these uh, toys have an okay sticker saying that you mm -hmm. can sell them in, in the market so similarly here also the point of a test is not to evaluate um how good are your strengths and weaknesses but to evaluate as you know a failure or success say success meaning you can basically be sold in in the economic market so that's what it is um so the education system that we pretty much have is more than 400 years old it's it's designed around a factory so we are all basically product of a huge huge factory right um so factory is designed to make everyone look exactly the same So today it's engineering because so many things happened. Uh, IT revolution happened, so there are a lot of IT jobs. So what what happens? You know, everyone if one person takes up engineering because your brain dead, right? The schooling system has basically killed all your creativity. You can't think for yourself. Your parents also come from the same uh, schooling system. They can't think for themselves. So if uh, you know one becomes a donkey, 
the only thing you know is that you also become a donkey there's nothing else there's nothing better you know nothing better that the school uh, coaches you to uh, mm-hmm. so yeah so that's how today's engineering tomorrow there may be any some other fad if we have the same education system everyone else will uh, you know if tomorrow uh, becoming a circus clown is like the next big thing you'll just see everyone is just becoming circus clown sorry <laughs> Right. You know, that that's very true. You know, it's a very efficient system. And I, I really like what you said. It was great for the problem statement 400 years ago, but it's it's not a fit for the current problem statement that we have. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, a little bit about that suicide rate because of this system and in part because of this system. Uh, can you expand on that? What What is the impact that this system has had on people and the pressure that it is putting on people to go into engineering? And even, you know, uh, touch on the role that parenting has played and the pressure for these kids to be so successful. Yeah, so there was a survey recently done among different countries. And uh, one uh, finding about India was most Indian parents actually place their kids' career above their own happiness. Uh, so that is, what, uh, that is what they found about Indian parents. And uh, then... <laughs> So talking about suicide rates, India has the highest youth suicide rate in the world. Uh, a kid commits suicide every hour. So we have around 20 to 25 kids com- killing themselves in the country every day. That's basically a kid every hour. Specifically from academic pressure. I'm not even talking about other factors. I'm just talking there is a kid that kills himself or herself every hour just from academic pressure. So uh, that, if you do the math also, it, it, it basically, in the literal sense, it makes, it makes uh, uh, India's education system makes it for a deadliest terrorist uh, organization. That's what I, I prefer calling it. Just for the sheer terror it causes in the kids. Yeah, th- there's so much pressure. You know, I, I, see it, I saw it growing up, you know, coming back and seeing people. There, there's so much pressure to take piles of books and just memorize it for a week. And then just regurgitate it and forget it, you know, the next week. And it's not just India, you know, I might say, but, you know, it seems like a specific problem to us. And I can completely understand how you're forced into a pigeonhole and you, you can't spread out. Even, you, you know, you may, be, you may want to be an actor, you may want to be this, you may want to be that. But, you know, this is the rule. And that survey statistic you were saying about parents, you know, it just reinforces it to a crazy amount. Um, so I really like that point, but I want to transition to, okay, today we're in this world where creativity is going to be a huge driving force for success in the world. You know, innovation and being a well-rounded society, you know, even having athletes, having this, having that, being able to spread your wings is going to be very, very important, especially as we move towards localization, as we're seeing with COVID, you know, forcing economies to now become a little bit more separate. Um, and we become a more automated society. Can you talk about what can we change in the education system to possibly enhance some of the creativity aspect for students? You know, just little things that we can do to start progressing towards what we need and the demand for India to be successful moving into this next decade. Mm. Well, uh... see, first off, I think honestly there was a time, Arman, where the only way you could uh, benefit uh, from anything is from the system. So literally the system was your only ray of hope in terms of uh, schooling yourself or, you know, making something of yourself. 
for today honestly uh, there is no point uh, changing the education system because you are not reliant on the system anymore i think especially covid what covid is going to bring to the forefront clearly is what a scam the entire system is you know it is going to bring it even more to the forefront uh, to everyone's awareness that the education is a big scam like do you even really need to send kids to school can you school them at home that is the internet enough a lot of people are going to be taking up so many courses a lot of uh, harvard and all uh, oxford they've been releasing uh, courses for free uh, some of their top courses right for free and um, so people are going to be uh, uh, i have a friend in switzerland so she was mentioning that her university is actually taking online classes so after months of online classes i'm go- i'm wondering when these kids will basically be going back to college again they'll be asking fundamental questions like why do we need to come here why do we need to pay hundreds and thousands of dollars to you when you can basically you know uh, i can learn it off the internet you can take remote classes do you really need this huge campus right to do the, these sort of things is it really relevant anymore um so a lot of fundamental questions are going to be asked i'm not too sure if i'm not sure of uh the future of a lot of these top universities and many of them are anyway offering they are beginning begun to offer their courses for free so i think internet is your new system you know it's everything's out there so i'm not too sure if you really need to um focus on the system really but even if you must um i think education system i think so far in many ways we've been trying to compete with machine okay uh the kind of job you were trying to do even if you look at it i was just this is just a personal observation you know our our definition of genius at some point was even to a large extent today is someone who can do crazy mathematical calculation or who can solve a rubik's cube pretty uh, quick if you see like these are stuff that machines can do much more effectively in fact i find it very humiliating if you put a kid on one end and a machine on another end to see who can solve it faster it's like why would you want to compete with a machine it's insulting to you you're a freaking human you need to you know you're capable of doing things that a machine is not right so why do you want to prove to the world that you can do complex mathematical machine calculations when a computer a freaking computer or even a simple laptop a uh, 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 calculator can do it right so our our education system so far for some reason is focused on uh, making us better machines or competing with machines i think what's going to come to the forefront we're going to ask a very fundamental question is that what is it that humans can do right we anyway it's happening with the rise of ai uh, you know jobs are going to go we all know that so at least now someone is going to ask question like okay we need to understand what is it in fact they're even saying uh, google i think uh, they they created a machine an algorithm and composed music uh and they showed it to uh, they did a sample run and they showed it to a bunch of people and none of them could make out which one was actually beethoven or uh, which one was google's uh, algorithm right even music they're going to be, be able to make music as well fortunately my job of writing is they say it's still some time until uh, the bots will be able to do that so i'm pretty safe there uh but uh, so these questions are going to be asked like what is it that humans can do so there'll be a lot more emphasis on what this little body can do what you know what this mind probably is capable of doing so i think more and more focus on what is it that humans can do so then i think hopefully we'll be taking a new uh direction there yeah no i think you you bring up some cool points because we need to rethink the entire system you know the decentralization of information one is amazing because 
now, you know, your rural kids who may not have had access to that, you know, or the spending power to be able to access some of the information that creates asymmetry in the society, right? You know, some people are getting great amounts of knowledge from, you know, great courses and great teachers, some aren't. And that continues to perpetuate that asymmetry. So I think that, you know, we're going to have to fundamentally rethink, like you're saying, education in the way it is. And um, I, I think the, the point on technology is really, really cool as well, decentralizing it further. And I just want to uh, close up now on a little bit about you again. Now, what is the personal ambition for Aditya? What, what's the next move in a sense? Uh, what do you want to be looking at next? What's your next big research topic or continuing in education? Well, uh, um, personal ambition, uh, uh, I have no personal ambition, honestly, Arman. Uh, I'm just here to fool around and have some fun and gossip and, you know, mm -hmm. and leave. But uh, one thing is there for sure that ever since I was uh, growing up, I knew always that anything that I would do would essentially... Uh, Cater to a lot of people. A lot, when I say a lot, like for me, it's the entire planet, right? So even when I'm fooling around, it will be fooling around with uh, 7.5 billion people, right? Or whatever the population is at this point. So, uh, so that's pretty much where I am and what I'll be up to whenever I, uh, you know, I'll be fooling around with everyone in the world. That's pretty cool. Um, in terms of my immediate next step, well, uh, so I just embarked on. Uh, um, so let's say that there's, I receive at least on an average an email a day for the last couple of months. Uh, people asking what have you been up to after the book or after the TED talk? You literally don't know, right? You wanted to change the education system and there was, I mean, all of us wanted to do it with you and you said, you know, we'll do something together and uh, follow me and what happened? Like, where did you go? So it's been two years and uh, so I think uh, uh, I'll probably, maybe a second book, I don't know, right, maybe, uh, but I think probably the most exciting project of my life, uh, hopefully by this year, it should be out. Amazing. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to it. And, you know, that's that's a good place to end up. Uh, I want to say thank you so much, Aditya, for coming on the podcast. That was, you know, extremely insightful about the history of how we have created this engineering society and you know, some of the things we need to be rethinking about moving forward. So, yeah, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much, Arman. Thank you so much. Uh, it was very, very nice talking to you. And I think uh, that's what India needs. I think that's what the world needs more and more young people like you who are enterprising and, uh, you know, want to change the system and do a lot of things. And I think a good starting point is to start with yourself. I think once uh, you are in order is when, uh, you know, the energy can be used for uh, helping a lot of other people. So, uh, I look for, I'm pretty sure that our engagement wouldn't just end here. I think we have a lot of work to do otherwise. Right? So, uh, you keep in touch and to all your listeners as well, please follow me on social media and I'll keep you updated on all the exciting things I'm up to. And I'd love to listen from you as well. So if you have any comments or feedback, just write to me. Okay, let Arman know that you got this podcast. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm going to leave all your, all your social media links in the description below. 
uh, Aditya, we're definitely going to cross paths sometime soon once this COVID stuff settled down a little bit. But yeah, thank you so much. And thanks everybody for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast.